Today on Sports Card Investor, I'm talking to Baseball Hall of Famer Andre Dawson about his journeys in baseball card collecting. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cards. Join me on my journey to profit from the hobby we all love. card investors and welcome to another episode. I hope you had an absolutely wonderful holiday with your friends and family. Hopefully the holiday is actually continuing here as we gear up for New Year's Day. Today I get to share a a special moment of my own with you from the last virtual holiday or virtual sports card con when I got to interview Hall of Famer Andre Dawson and we talked about baseball card collecting. It was an awesome interview and I'm replaying it for you here because I really think you're going to enjoy it. By the way, while you are sitting at home over the holidays, this is a great time to go through your sports card collection and figure out which cards need to be graded. Take this opportunity to get your grading submissions together And there is no better way to submit to PSA for grading than through our new grading service at Sports Card Investor. You can go to sportscardinvestor.com and click grading in the main menu bar to find out all about our grading service, which includes uh, such great perks such as pre-screening and free shipping. We handle everything you need for your PSA grading submission. Okay, let's jump into this interview with one of the greatest ever to play, the great Hall of Famer, Andre Dawson. Andre, welcome to the virtual holiday. Thank you, thank you very much. It is an honor to have you. Uh, I grew up as a baseball card fan and collector in the 80s. And of course, you were one of the big players who I was chasing when I was building out my childhood collection. And so I'm curious, since you played during that era where baseball cards became unbelievably popular throughout the nation in the you know the late 1980s, obviously you won the MVP in, in 1987, so right during the heart of that. What was your interaction with baseball cards? Like, were they kind of part of what you saw as the fabric of baseball? Did you run into them very much as a player? Actually, it was not until 1987 that I started to dabble into baseball card collecting. Prior to that, I uh, it didn't phase me one bit or the other. Baseball cards, memorabilia collecting. I, I didn't keep any of my jerseys or bats or anything like that. But when I went to Chicago, I met a guy. We became good friends. And he said, you know, this is something you, you ought to start thinking about. And I said, what's that? He said, you know, you are around players every day. You should start collecting stuff and maybe just put it away for your son. And I gave it second thought. And then I thought about it again. And I said, okay. So I started exchanging bats um, in a sense. And then I kind of dabbled a little bit into the card collecting. But what I, the route I wanted to go was I wanted to get Hall of Famers or potential Hall of Fame rookie cards graded. Now that got to be pretty expensive. And 
something that kind of really turned me off with um, collecting the cards was I uh, purchased uh, two tops, uh, 52 mantle cards, rookie cards. And I submitted them to get graded and they came back trimmed. Nah. And, yeah, it was a big, big ticket item. So I reached back out to the guy and I told him, look, I'm, I'm, you know, not in this to get you in any trouble. I just, you know, have been informed that the cards have been tampered with and I'm returning them to you uh, to be, you know, reimbursed, compensated for what I paid for them. And he understood and he said, you know, he, he apologized, but that kind of turned me off. And from that point, I would only collect the cards that were already graded. And uh, like I said, it, it was, it was real expensive, but I thought, I thought I said, well, I'm not doing this for me, obviously I'm doing it for my son. And maybe, you know, when he gets old enough, he grew up, uh, he's going to appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Hopefully he is uh, appreciating it for sure. Now your own rookie card was 1977 tops. When was the first time? Do you remember seeing your own rookie card for the first time? Did that resonate with you at all when you saw it? I saw it for the first time uh, as, as I was approached by someone to have it autographed. And, you know, back then you always got uh, in spring training tops would always uh, give you a ton of cards when they came down to speak to you in spring training, but I still hadn't encountered it prior to that. And uh, when I saw, you know, I, I grew up uh, buying baseball cards, not for the bubblegum, but to just see who the stars were uh, during that time. And whatever happened to them, I don't know, but I would, I would buy a pack probably every quarter that I got. And uh, when I saw my first card, I was, of course, I was wild. Uh, and, you know, it was a card that uh, depicted uh, photos of uh, four different players. And uh, I was ecstatic. And I just, you know, said to myself, well, I guess I finally arrived. <laughs> I get that. I think that's a pretty cool thing, right? To see your own baseball card. I do think that is a a symbol that you did, in fact, arrive. And by the way, that card today one of those sold recently for as much as $2,400. Did you did you know back then that it would be selling for $2,400 for a single one of those cards someday? Uh, not not in my wildest imagination. I, actually, a friend of mine reached out to me, and he made note, "Hey, look at look at this on eBay." And uh, he sent me the link, and I looked it up, and I said, "Wow." Jim meant 10, um, 22,000, I think, 375, something around that. And I was wild. I was like, uh, you know, well, I know what a lot of the um, vintage cars go for, and I don't really consider myself vintage, but to, uh, to actually see a card um, with the magnitude of that uh, kind of price tag behind it, I was like, oh, my God, well, you know, I wish I would have accumulated or put put together maybe a, a few of these to hold on to myself. Could have been your retirement plan if you had just bought a stack of those cards back in 1977 and stuck them in the closet, right? Right. And uh, and uh, a good friend and teammate of mine that passed away, Gary Carter, actually, uh, he was an avid collector. He uh, would get a set every year and he had cards dating all the way back uh, to the 50s. 
and how he accumulated this, I don't know, but um, I uh, saw, you know, the, the, the collection that he had, and it still didn't dawn on me that this is something that you probably want to consider getting into, but uh, once, once I did, and then I saw uh, the, the, the magnitude of what this particular part of the industry, industry generates, uh, I was saying, well, maybe it is something that I should have considered, you know, long before I did. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And of course, they've come back into vogue now again. And that's why we're having, you know, shows like we are here. Um, you know, I'd like to ask you about your career. You accomplished so much. As I said, as a big baseball card collector in the 80s, you were one of the guys who I was always chasing because you had incredible on-field accomplishments. You were one of just five players in history to have at least 400 career home runs and at least 300 career stolen bases. You obviously won the MVP award in 1987. You were eight times all-star. You won the uh, NL Rookie of the Year award as well. And of course, now you've made the Hall of Fame. Of all of those different things that you did during your playing career, what are you, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of uh, being able to have enough longevity to uh, be considered and then eventually voted into the Hall of Fame. Because for me, it was, it was very touch and go early on uh, with the, um, the situation with the knees, the injuries, um, one occurring actually as early as high school. So my goal was to, to play the game, play it 15 years, hopefully, and walk away from the game on my terms. I, I persevered enough to play 20 years. And by then, uh, it was all said and done. I just said, you know, I'll probably give the uniform back because my body needed a break. But because I had to go through 12 uh, different knee procedures and pretty much lay it all out each and every day, not knowing if that would be your last game or not. And uh, at the end, to actually be able to, to give the uniform back, that was probably my most proudest, proudest accomplishment. And then to, to make the Hall of Fame, you know, it was just like everything just came full circle. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it, it's been 10 years since you got inducted into the Hall of Fame. What, what was it like when you got that call letting you know that you had, in fact, made it? Well, being on the ballot uh, nine years previously and uh, not getting the call, actually, it had lost a lot of its luster. And I just felt, uh, well, by that time, 2010, uh, I had a little window. There was no one for me to hurdle. Everyone that was ahead of me, uh, percentage-wise, leading up to that point, had gotten in. So I felt that year was my window. And I did something I, I had never really done. And that was to go visit the grave sites of my mother and my grandmother and just thank them for the part that they played and, you know, where uh, I had uh, arrived in my life. And I, uh, it, it was an emotional day for me. And I said, you know, God willing, um, I know you're looking down on me. I hope that this can be a day that I can make you proud. And uh, I left the, uh, the cemetery. I was exhausted at that point because I did go work out earlier. Uh, but I just felt that, again, that was the window. And actually, it took up until, I think, five minutes to one before I got the call. Usually, you think you might be tipped off so you can 
to have some family there to share that moment with you. That wasn't the case, but they called that five minutes to one. And I was the president of the Baseball Writers Association welcoming me into uh, the hall and um, giving me the word that I had been the lone inductee uh, for that particular year. And I was, I was beyond elated. I was ecstatic, a little bittersweet uh, because again, uh, both at that point, my mother and grandmother wasn't there to share that moment with me. Yeah, I can imagine, but that's, that's very deserving that you got in. That's an awesome story. Uh, so turning, turning back to baseball cards, I'm curious now, you know, after all of these years, do you collect cards of yourself? Are there, and I know you said you started, you know, getting memorabilia and all that kind of thing to share with your son, but are there some cards that you have of yourself who, that, that are, are, are some of your favorites or some that you're still looking for and hope that you find someday? Well, I got to revert back to the rookie card, the very first one, because I have a mint 10 in that. Uh, but today, you know, I find it interesting with a lot of the cards that are coming out, the, uh, the commemorative cards, the limited edition cards. Uh, I like them a lot uh, because uh, they depict a story and they're different. And uh, one that kind of jumps out at me, I saw a, uh, a commemorative uh, card that uh, was the MVP. It had the MVP, a replica of the M MVP plaque on it. And then there was another one that had the silver slugger bat. And these were all uh, on a, a, a part of the card itself. And uh, then I saw another one that had the, um, uh, the anniversary, 150th anniversary. So those commemorative cards, uh, they kind of tell a different story. And they're, they're a little bit more fun to converse about, to collect. And then there are, of course, a lot of uh, cards, different cards of myself uh, that have come out over the years. And I saw so many of the ones that I uh, was on when I was a player until you don't even get those anymore uh, at, at fans' request. But the new ones uh, that are starting to come out, they seem to be a little bit more interested and attractive. Yeah, that's interesting that, you know, you keep, you know, since you were such an influential player and part of the Hall of Fame that they keep putting you out, you know, as part of all these new modern sets, they keep coming out every year. So that must be neat after all these years since your playing days to still see yourself coming out every single year in new baseball card releases. Yeah, I, I see a new one that I'm like, wow, this is pretty, pretty neat. And what I do, I get on the phone and call my buddy. I say, hey, you got to find this card for me. And sure enough, uh, actually, it's, it's Tyler's dad. Sure enough, you know, he'll say, I'm on it, buddy. And who knows, maybe, you know, five days or a week later, I'll have that card in my presence. Yeah, Tyler the Hammer, by the way, one of our esteemed employees here at Sports Card Investor. He's been awesome. And, and uh, I know you've had a long time relationship with his father. He, by the way, his father, big time, you know, collector, memorabilia collector and, and dealer uh, in the sports world. Uh, so speaking of that, are there are there any other players right now, let's say players who are currently playing, any maybe young players who are currently playing who you think might be worth buying some of their cards? Maybe you see something in them that make you think that they could go on and have the type of career that you had. Well, I think it's kind of too late now to uh, look at Mike Trout, 
uh, Mookie Betts because they are reaching that veteran status and obviously their prices have been inflated. Uh, but a guy, well, let's see, who jumps out right away? Juan Soto, um, Ronald Ocuna, just a few of the up-and-coming stars uh, in the game today. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to work with Christian Yelich uh, when he was uh, here in, in, in Florida playing with the Marlins, and he just took off after, you know, the trade, and he went to Milwaukee. But you, you got to do it, I think, if you're going to do it when these, when these youngsters break in very early because uh, they, put together, they put behind them a couple of incredible years and right away, you know, their prices, are, their cars are inflated. Yeah, we, and we've, the market is more dynamic now than ever before. So sometimes it doesn't even take a good performance. It just takes speculation, you know, in terms of, of what someone can become. Uh, you know, we've got like, for example, this year, everyone was chasing Jason Dominguez, his prospect card, but he's a 16 year old prospect for the Yankees that hasn't even played a single minor league game yet. But, you know, people are chasing his card like he's going to be the next big thing. So, um, you know, it's wild to see that a little different than it was, you know, back when you were playing in the 80s. Um, but it, it makes the market fun and a lot more dynamic. Um, I have to ask you your nickname, the Hawk. That is a, a very cool nickname. Uh, where, how did that come about? Where did that come from? That started early childhood. Actually, I was watching uh, a men's adult team practice. Uh, two of my uncles played for the team, and I'd sit uh, in the bleachers and, and watch them. And, of course, I was playing. I was, I was playing uh, Little League at the time. And uh, they would ask me to come out. They'd hit me. Uh, some fungos when they finished. And one of my uncles in particular, uh, Matthew Napier, uh, he would hit the ground ball. If the ball took a bad hop, ricocheted off my body, he said, wow, he said, you pounced on that ball, whereas most kids were feared of baseball, especially if, if they get hit by it. And he just started calling me Hawk. And for whatever reason, it just stuck all of those years. Now my Childhood family name was Pudgy. I don't. I don't really know why. <laughs> I was never really a fat kid, but it just stuck all those years. And I used to, uh, I used to engrave Hawk on my glove. I should write on it with a magic marker, in a sense. And uh, that way, I knew you know where my glove was uh, because there were uh, players that used similar gloves, and uh, a lot of people felt that. It was uh, that intense scowl and focus, the reason why uh, I was nicknamed that, but that was just my form of concentration. So it just stuck, it, it, I mean, it just stuck with me all of those years. And, um, you know, I look back at it today and that's how people really identify me, the fans um, over the course of my career, they identify me, my teammates uh, by the name Hawk. Well, the Hawk is certainly a better nickname than Pudgy. So I'm, I'm glad Hawk stuck with you uh, instead of Pudgy through your playing career. That's wonderful. And, and speaking of your career, I know you that MVP season, 1987 with the Chicago Cubs. As you look back, is that the season you kind of look at the most fondly? Or was it some time with the Expos? Or when do you look back as kind of the, the you know, most fond moment in your career? Yeah, it had to be 87. You know, I had a lot of a good years. I, I spent 10 years in Montreal, but 87 
just got me going in a whole different direction, playing on a natural playing surface, grass, uh, that is, for the very first time. And it rejuvenated me. Uh, my legs felt just so much stronger. And I think that kind of catapulted me into the direction of um, uh, being on the cusp of the Hall of Fame itself. I would uh, venture to play another 10 years. And uh, Chicago was, uh, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, the bleacher bombs, uh, the city, the huge fan following around the country, uh, GN, the Superstation. Uh, I was in awe uh, at the outset and I was able to get my feet underneath me and uh, kind of grasp all of that. But again, I think that, yeah, 87 was the year uh, that I looked back on and I just got my, uh, my career turned around. It turned around in the direction that um, I wanted it to because I just always felt I still had some of my better years ahead of me. Yeah, that was an incredible year. And I remember those 87 MVP cards uh, that I was uh, snatching up there as a card collector uh, back in the 80s. That's awesome. So for fans who, who have maybe lost touch with you post your playing days, I know you've done some work for the Marlins and, and I think the Cubs. I know you're down there in South Florida as a businessman these days as well. What are, what are you up to? What's, what's uh, the latest with Andre Dawson? Well, I'm still uh, with the Cubs. I'm still employed by the Cubs. Uh, you know, it was a, a difficult year considering the circumstances this year and not a whole lot to do. But I also, um, I own and run a funeral home of all things. And uh, that word has pretty much gotten around with all of the exposure through the media over the last couple of years. Uh, and I look at that as, probably a calling because I would have never thought, who would have ever thought that this is uh, where uh, my post-career would lead me. But I've made the adjustment uh, to it of, you know, getting my feet underneath me and running it for what it is. I have a staff of about uh, 20 people and it's a pretty good staff. That's what's first and foremost. And that's, that's what, uh, really uh, carries your business uh, to the heights that you want it to go to. And I look at that again, as I said, this is something that uh, when I think about, it, I told my staff, you know, I never envisioned this. Uh, that's why in a sense, I feel it's a calling, but this is not about me. It's not about you. It's about a service uh, that the community requires. And, you know, we're going to put our best foot forward to make sure that uh, we are professional uh, and in a sense, and we're quality uh, because that's what that's what the industry uh, dictates you be. And that's what, you know, I grew up to learn through the game itself. Uh, and that's how pretty much I wanted the course to go. Yeah, you're, you're right that good employees make all the difference. I've been fortunate here at Sports Card Investor to work with people like Tyler Hammer, uh, and a whole group of team here, a uh, great team here who's been putting on things like this, the, you know, the virtual holiday. And uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to lead such great people. I'm sure you've had that same experience uh, with, your, with your business ventures as well. Oh, I have. Uh, like I say, now I pretty much, I have both feet uh, in uh, just about, you know, as well as to be expected. And I enjoy it. I, I never thought that I would enjoy it as, as much as I do. And 
for me, again, it's, it's families that need you at a dire, desperate time. Um, you know, it's one of the worst situations in their life, in a sense. And as long as you can help them through the grieving process, if you can be there to lift them up, uh, to help, help them get through this uh, at, that, at that time in their life, you know, then it's, it's, it's something that you don't look at it as, as being rewarding, but it makes, you, it makes you feel good that you're able to reach out and extend and help someone. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, thank you for your service and thank your team for your service for doing that. I'm sure you do bring uh, solace, uh, you know, to families that need it at that time of need. Uh, Andre, this has been great. I really appreciate it. We, our team here at Sports Card Investor is going to keep an eye out for your cards in the new releases as they're coming out. And if we uh, if we come across any good ones, we'll certainly send them down your way. Okay, I'm going to take you on that. Thank you. We- For sure, for sure. And thank you for joining the virtual holiday. Thanks, Andre. Thank you, guys. Stay safe. Take care. Wasn't that a great interview? I thought that 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 was awesome. It was such an honor to be able to talk to Andre. I love that. I love that. Hopefully, you did as well. And hopefully, you will also love our PSA grading submission service here at Sports Card Investor. It's really great. Check it out. Go to sportscardinvestor.com and click grading in the main menu bar. All right, guys, if you haven't, give this channel a subscribe, hit the little bell icon for new episodes. We're actually gonna be putting new episodes out every single day this week, recapping some of the great things that happened at our recent virtual holiday sports card con. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day.